Unlike many writers of her generation, Sontag's eminence rests not only on certain key works, but on her image. As Leland Pogue points out in Conversations with Susan Sontag, it is hard at the end of the 20th century in America not to have some picture of Susan Sontag. Glamorous photographs of her continue to appear in glossy magazines such as Vogue and Mademoiselle. Irving Penn, Diane Arbus, Peter Hujar, Philippe Halsman, Thomas Victor, Robert Maplethorpe, Richard Avedon, Jill Kremens, and Annie Leibovitz, in other words, a roll call of renowned fashion and celebrity photographers, have provided the culture with alluring Susan Sontag portraits. She has come to represent the idea of the seductive intellectual, the Natalie Wood of the U.S. avant-garde, as one commentator put it. A public that has not read her work may still have at least a vague idea of who she is, since Barnes & Noble has recently used her image to promote book sales, and she has even appeared in an advertisement for Absolute Vodka, not to mention various books and calendars featuring photographs of writers. So this reading of Susan Sontag will include discussions of all her books and of the cultural figure she has become, with attention to her intellectual background and to her biography, mainly in Chapter 2, which also discusses her work as a theater director and playwright. Where possible, I have also tried to let Sontag speak through the many interviews she has given, since she is a most articulate commentator on her own work, though also a most reluctant authority on her public image. Since this is a book about Sontag's reputation, as well as her achievement, I will discuss reviews of her work to demonstrate how the public perception of Susan Sontag developed. Reviews are not necessarily a valid reflection of a writer's ultimate worth, but in Sontag's case, they contributed significantly to the view of her as a celebrity writer and an embodiment of her times. Susan Sontag, The Making of an Icon, was the first biographical narrative to discuss Sontag's career in chronological order, but the biography was not intended to provide a detailed analysis of her work or to delve into her intellectual roots as deeply as a work of literary criticism does. Analytical prose is often at odds with biographical narrative. The latter can only begin to suggest the sources and effects of Sontag's writing, which this book explores at greater length. It is remarkable that there is no book-length orientation to Sontag's work for general readers and students. Sonia Sears's Susan Sontag, The Elegiac Modernist, and Lee M. Kennedy's Susan Sontag, Mind as Passion, contain many useful insights, but both books are revisions of Ph.D. dissertations which still seem aimed at the graduate school classroom and at other advanced scholars. Jargon predominates, especially in Sears's book, and both critics tend to pursue themes, not the evolution of a career. A beginning student of Sontag needs a firmer grounding in her biography and in cultural history, in summaries and clear analyses of her work. This book is addressed to what Virginia Woolf called the common reader. I do not begin by assuming that readers have read her work or that they remember the details of her novels. I do not take Sontag's importance for granted. Rather, I want to show why she is important and deserves still to be read. To the first-time reader of Sontag, and to someone not versed in the history of the arts, Her constant parade of names and concepts will be bewildering. In my synopses of her work, I have tried to stay close to the main points of her argument. Even then, terms and figures referred to in the synopses may be unfamiliar to someone seeking an introduction to Sontag's work or wishing to trace the pattern of her references. With the publication of In America, Sontag voiced certain doubts about the critical work on which her reputation rests. Why this should be so is the subject of this book's last chapter, Sontag reading Sontag. As conversations with Susan Sontag demonstrates, she has always read herself as a writer in process, 
disburdening herself of ideas that no longer seem useful or true. She can, without embarrassment, switch sides in an argument, rather like a performer enjoying a new role. She likes to think of herself as self-invented, sui generis. Psychiatrist Arnold Ludwig has studied the illusion of self-invention. Sontag herself refers to it as an illusion, observing that the belief in self-invention requires that we remain ignorant of the forces that let us feel we have the power to create ourselves anew. Since Sontag shows no evidence of wanting to write her own memoirs or intellectual autobiography, this book will attempt to bring those forces into view.